Hello. Thank you for coming back and listening to another episode of Maybe Swearing Will Help. Today is a good one. Mark your calendars. This is the very first time I've had a male guest come on the podcast. Woohoo! So, guys, if you want to chat, hit me up. Slide into the DMs, not in a creepy way, but just because, you know, you have a topic in mind and you want to chat with your friend Kat and record a pod about it, you know? Let's do more of that. Um, I've got my friend Ryan on today, super nice, super chill guy, one of my best buds. Um, honestly, we just have a really chill conversation about like our experiences with Christianity. He's been going to church his whole life. I have not, but we just kind of like talk about it and it was really fun. So let me know what you think. And here we go. I'm so excited to have you because you're my first boy. I was going to ask if I'm the first male or not. Yeah. I feel like I need to insert a clip of that Lizzo song here. (laughs) Um, That's right. Thanks for being here, Ryan. And of course. I actually don't know how to introduce you because to me, you're just Ryan, but for the purpose of this discussion, like, do I call you a church goer? Do I call you Christian? Do I call you nothing? Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess Christian is probably the best label for me. I, you know, a lot of people always like to uh, use the term religious and like interchange it with, with Christian. And I feel like Christian is almost different than religious. Like religious is focusing on the rules and the regulations and, you know, like what I have to do kind of thing. Whereas like Christian to me just means like you believe in Jesus. So I, I feel like if you believe in Jesus, you're a Christian and that is like a relationship with him. Right. So it's okay. different, different than just following rules, but yeah, Christian uh, programmer, uh, I don't know, music maker, youth leader. There's tons of, you can yeah. call me whatever. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I don't want to just label you as what, like, I don't want to ever label anybody as just one thing because obviously people are more than that. But just to, like, introduce you just basically, I was like, oh, I don't really know what to say here. Um, <laughs> so thanks for clearing that up. And you've gone to church, like, your entire life pretty much? Yeah, Uh so I was trying to think about this when I was trying to put together somewhat of a set of notes. I, I'm not sure if the people listening are familiar with the, like the, the expression raised in a Christian home. Like every time you hear like a uh, baptism sort of uh, testimony, usually you'll get someone saying like, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I was raised in a Christian home. It's like it, it, you hear it so often that people are almost kind of like laugh when they hear it now. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've been going to church my whole life. Like I went to Sunday school when I was a really young kid and then youth through my teenage years, uh, went to Red Rock Bible Camp, which I know we've talked about that we both went there. You went there, right? No, but I went to other Bible camps. Oh, okay. Right. You went to other Bible camps. Yeah. That's, that's how we became friends. And that's how we bonded because we both have a favorite song called Prince of Peace that, well, I learned that that's at right. Bible camp. I don't know that's if that's right. where you found it, but. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I would have heard it along the way there. I, you know, like all the mediums of, of music in the church, I would have, I've heard it in some form or fashion. Yeah. But yeah, that's, 
that's how I started. Like I never went to church as a kid. We never really like we never prayed before we ate or like anything like that. But my parents threw me into these summer Bible camps, one probably to get rid of me for a week. Um, but two, because there was so much to them, right? You could go horseback riding. We did right. like, canoeing and they had like a ropes course and it was just like so much fun as a kid, right? It was just like overload of like fun and adventure. And then you also like read your Bible and sing some songs about Jesus on the side, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know what's weird about that too? Um, like we've done a few youth retreats uh, through our church and we've done them at like various different Bible camps. And like, we always go kind of like late fall. So most of the activities are kind of down for the weekends when we go. And I, they're always like so apologetic about it. And like, when I think back to my time as a kid, I just liked like li- living in the cabins and I, maybe it's because I'm an only child, but like eating with all your friends at the table and like the tables in the the big like food hall kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like the activities were almost kind of like the the like the second thing, the afterthought, right? Like I just like love the environment. So when they like they would apologize by like having saying like certain things were shut down for the season, I was like, no, don't worry about that. Like the experience is like what's like the best part of that. So Totally. Yeah. Like my parents did never take me camping or have a cabin and like, yeah, you never eat with like a couple hundred people all at once. Right. And so all yeah. that stuff is just so unique, at least for a week, it's like really get you out of your comfort zone and experience something else in the summer before you for go back sure. to school and like everything's normal again. Um, but yeah, I never even felt like I was at a Bible camp. Like there was never even like serious pressure for me to like pray or, like welcome Jesus into my life or anything like that. They were always just like, take things as you want. Like, we're just kind of here to like introduce you to things and show you what we think, you know, and do whatever you want when you leave camp, you know? And you know what, you know what, to me, that's like a a sign of a good environment from like a Mm -hmm. Christian perspective. Like, there's certain people like forget for better or for worse that like want to stand on the soapbox and like, Hey, if you don't, like believe in Jesus, you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that doesn't do any good for anybody. That's just like alienating people that aren't believers. And then like, even for the people that do believe, it just makes us feel so awkward. It's just like, yeah, like the, the number one thing that I like always take away from the Bible and like the person that Jesus was, it was like, love me, love others. Like, you know what I mean? So right. where, where does the condemning other people, like the whole, the story of like, um, when they're like stoning the woman and then Jesus says like, he who is like, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Right. Like, so who, who, who out of us have the right to like condemn others? Right. Yeah. I love that you just said that because I never, I never wanted that. Like if I wanted to let Jesus into my life and like start more of like a, I don't know, habit or routine or go to church regularly. Like I wanted that to be my own decision. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you leave camp, you are on a spiritual high. Like it's impossible Mm. not to be right. So of course, when you leave, you're like, wow, yeah, like this is me. I kind of feel like I have a new identity as like super Christian. And like, I want to pray more and like open this relationship more. But it's also very easy to let that just like fade as soon as you go back to normal life. You know what I mean? totally like that that spiritual high thing is such a prevalent thing and you know what like uh the church that i go to like i was a part of their uh youth program for six years as a leader and like so they often do this uh inner city mission trip called soar 
and uh, a bunch of other churches in the city are a part of this, but uh, whenever they're like preparing the team for it, they're like, they talk about the spiritual high and they're like, okay, like, and when you get back to regular life, like, you know, it's not always going to be that high. So like trying to remember things to like help kind of not keep you in the high, but like keep you grounded and like make it so that you don't go to this, like almost like a, like a state of like depression where you're like, okay, now back to the mundane life. Right. Like, right. Cause that can be tough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I went to Bible camp as a kid up until I was 17. And then when I was 17, um, I went to, I joined my friend's church with her and I went fairly regularly for a while there from what I remember. And then I stopped for a reason we'll get into later, but the thing that I love the most was two things. So like the community, like I loved meeting new people that were just like, so genuinely interested to get to know me and like would invite me over and like, we would do things after church and like, I just felt like I made like a new extended family almost like just instantly. And two, I don't know if every church sings this much, but like the church I went to was all about singing and music. And like, I've always been in choir and musical theater. Like I love to sing, especially in a group. So I just loved that. Yep. That, and like, I would say, yeah, singing, singing or worship, like it's kind of the the same term, like you're, you're singing as worship, but uh, that like, that is a very big thing in a lot of churches. It's funny though, like um, certain churches, like it kind of, I guess, depends on the demographic of the people attending, but uh, like it can, it can range from like piano, no percussion and like, just like people singing, or it can be like electric guitars and like, guitar solos from time to time and like, you know, wild, wilder drum fills and stuff. Right. So, and I know there's even like, um, there's this group, uh, Hillsong and then it's like Hillsong young and free is this like one kind of co like brand of it or whatever. And they're, they've got like EDM songs. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. We were singing, I mean, like modern, what I would call like Christian bangers. We weren't singing from like <laughs> the books, those hymn books that are like a hundred years old. You know what I mean? Like that I would not enjoy. (laughs) Um, Okay. So did you ever have a time in your life where you were like seriously questioning why you were going, you wanted to stop, this maybe wasn't for you, anything like that? Uh, Hmm. I don't think there was ever really a time that I questioned my faith. I, it's weird. So uh, one of the things that, so, so the, the, the kids that I was with, uh, throughout youth, we, we try to take them from grade seven all the way to grade 12. Like if you can't, you're only committing for like one year, but if yeah. you're kind of hoping that you go through all six years, right. Cause that consistency and stability, you get to form a relationship with them. Um, but so we're kind of talking to them, uh, about the same thing, like about doubt and, um, just kind of like getting through the world at this point because they're now entering into the world when they can make choices, right? Like it's easy when you grow up in that Christian home, you're going to church every Sunday because your parents go, right? Like that's, and it's just part of the routine. And then suddenly you get this freedom and you can choose to not go to church, right? Like, uh, and, and it's, I I would say one of the, the toughest things is for people going from, like a a life where youth and church is like a super like mandatory, not mandatory, but kind of mandatory, like period of their lives. And then suddenly it's like, I can just do whatever I want. Right. Like 
and so um so we're so we're doing this uh, so we do this life group with them is what we call it now so uh some people may know the term like care group it's the same sort of thing you meet with the same group of people and like we meet uh once every two weeks and we do a bible study with them and we like we follow these uh studies on a site called right now media so it's like we watch a video and they've got usually questions and stuff and um and yeah so we we form this like relationship with them and we're trying to keep them uh like a part of church because of that because that age is like the hardest time to keep people a part of church but um doubt for myself um like honestly no i feel like so one of the things that we've talked to them about is like uh we're doing this study about trying to um not prove not prove God. Cause at the end of the day, there's always gonna be that element of faith, but there's yeah. like uh, ways to kind of like be strong in your faith. And, and a lot of people uh, are strong in their faith because of experiences they've had. And like, uh, so some people, you know, ha- will say like, no, I felt God or like, I heard from God, right? Like obviously not everybody, like whether you believe in God or not, um, I guess kind of makes a difference, but like not everybody that believes in God will ever hear something that they will think like, Oh, I heard God talking to right. me. Right. So yeah. I feel like when I was in my, uh, like teenage years, I was kind of in this, like, like Luke, we call it lukewarm Christian where you're like, you're, you're dipping your toes in and you're like, you believe, but you kind of don't really live it out. It's hard to live it out. Like I went to public school. So I, I didn't have Christian friends growing up. I was kind of like the lone, the lone wolf kind of like there was certain kids there that I knew were Christian as well, but you know, you just like don't connect with everybody. Right. So, but it wasn't until I was in university that uh, I, like I personally have had an experience where like, I felt God was like talking to me. Right. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I've just felt for so long that I feel that he is real and like, the idea of like, like me stopping believing isn't really even like a, a concept. Like I, mm-hmm. it would be more like would I turn my back on him kind of thing. And like, I honestly don't know if I've ever felt that inclination. Right. And you know what I like about you? Like you're, like you said, like you're not trying to like prove anything and you're not pushy. And like, I, I still don't know like what to believe or like what's real and what's not. Like I've seen and experienced things where I'm like, wow, like there is something bigger than us out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then other times, I I don't know. I don't think about it for like weeks on end, right? It's just mm-hmm. something that even crosses my mind. Yeah. So, and it's kind of like a journey that you have to um, take for yourself. Like we can't, like nobody as a Christian can convince you that God is real. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you've got to make that choice. We mm-hmm. can if you're curious we can like direct you in to places to learn more but like you're gonna make the the decision at the end of the day right so when you were in high school or middle school whenever like were you ever picked on or felt like an outcast because you went to church and other kids you went to school with didn't or anything like that yeah I mean so I had friends at youth like I, I used to always say that I'm like a social chameleon because I can kind of blend into social settings. Like, I feel like lots of people use that term now. And I swear I was like the first one to use that. No, you're just like really chill and really likable and you're just <laughs> fine. So like people just like you. I appreciate that. Um, 
so yeah, like I had friends at youth, but we, like we didn't go to the same school. So it like that always made things tougher. So like all my friends at school uh, weren't Christian. And I can, I can kind of remember like lunch times where we'd like be sitting in the hall eating together. And like, I don't even remember how things would come up, but like you would just like people would like mock Christianity because I feel like especially as we got to high school, it was almost like cool in some ways to like make fun of religion because like it was just like one of those things that like uh it's like organized and it's often like i feel like like i see i just use the term of religion right and i don't even like if people ask if i'm religious i'm like i'm not religious i'm a christian right but i still (laughs) sometimes i still sometimes use the same words right but um like i and i feel like they're it's always like the biggest outliers that that draw on like the reputation. So like, obviously there's tons of stuff that has gone on through all sorts of churches that are not good. And like, and I feel like the greater, the greater community of Christians kind of like takes a hit for that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, like one of the things that I always like to say to either my friends or like who are Christians or, or who aren't is like, um, like, if you're looking to Christians to, to see what the character of Jesus is like, it's kind of like you're looking at the wrong place. Cause like, we're all human. We're all flawed. Like you have to look to him and only to him if you want to get like his true sense of character. Right. So. That's really interesting. Yeah. I almost wonder if like at that age, like here's what's just coming to mind on the spot. So bear with me here. But like <laughs> when I was in, middle school and stuff like I watched the Simpsons all the time and like Homer's yep. always making fun of Ned Flanders right and Ned and like Rod and Todd are always yep. singing like God is greater than the boogeyman and like that's what you picture <laughs> like you know a kid that goes to church does on his Friday night is just sing like Bible songs or whatever right totally and you're that that you're pegged as that family right yep. it's like super not the case yep oh totally and then when you get older you start watching more like I don't know, adult movies that probably make fun of it too. And you're just like, are influenced by more outside sources. Right. Yeah. So it just makes sense. But even, even me, like when I went to Bible camp, when I was 17, like I was drinking and partying with my friends on the weekend and stuff, but hell, I still liked Bible camp. So I went. And then when I got back, everyone's like, so did you drink the Kool-Aid? Like, do you believe (laughs) in God now? And I was like, I don't know. I guess so. Like, but I still also want to drink with you guys. Like, I don't know where I fall, but like people always want to like peg you or label you, you know? And it's like, I, why can't I just like be? (laughs) That's so funny too, because like, okay. So I, I personally don't drink, but that's, that's honestly just because I have never tried an alcohol that I like the taste of like, and yeah. And like, I have no desire to acquire that taste. I don't know. Like I'm good with Pepsi, right? Like yeah, my, it's pretty my, gross when you really come down to it. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I kind of like being in a state of mind where I'm in, in control of everything. So I don't really have a desire to get drunk. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up my, like when we used to go camping when I was younger, my parents would like my dad be drinking beers. My mom would have wine coolers or whatever. Like, it's not like I grew up in a house where alcohol was demonized. It was just like, I don't think it's for me kind of thing. And I have plenty of Christian friends that like some of them like to enjoy a glass of wine or a beer with like steak or like, and I have some friends that are Christians that occasionally get drunk. Like, and who am I to judge them if like, that's something that they like to do. Right. Like, Yeah, I know. It's so funny because I have friends that were 
super Christian, like are still super Christian and they got married like super young, like did everything kind of like traditionally. Right. Yep. They drink way more than I do. They have sex <laughs> way more than I do. Like all the things that I thought wouldn't happen for them, like totally did. And you're just like, hmm, okay. So all these like beliefs or like stereotypes that I thought about you guys are like completely wrong, you know? Right. Um, I-, I just wanted to ask, like, this is kind of like random and off topic, but did you ever find that like people maybe not at your church, but at other churches were ever like kind of took advantage of the fact that they were Christian and used it as a way to maybe like not be as kind or not be inclusive. Like I found that there were some girls who were just like bitches, like, I'm sorry, but you're just being a bitch and you're saying that like, well, I believe in God and I go to church. So therefore like I'm exempt or, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like kind of looking down on people that didn't believe. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just where I went. I mean, there, there, there's always going to be those people. I, I think, like, personally, I think it doesn't matter if that person is a Christian or not. Like, they might just be a bitch, right? Like, yeah. they're just going to be the type of person. And, and, and maybe the Christianity portion of things is just the way for them to, like, express that and like hold that over people i like i don't think i i can't remember anybody being like that but i mean that's all like those school days are a long time ago for me already at this point so yeah yeah okay well i'll share so so yeah so i was at that kind of weird part of my life where i'm like okay i i know i like bible camp and like i'm kind of interested in this stuff but i also like to just like drink and party and Mm -hmm. shoot the shit with my friends and whatever and my parents were really mad at me for doing that. They just like told me I was going nowhere with my life and I was just a drunk and they hated my friends and I needed a new group of friends, whatever. And so I started going to church with my other friend and I was doing that pretty regularly. And, you know, Sunday morning would come around and they'd be like, Oh, you're going to go pray. What are you going to go pray for today? And totally mock me. And I was like, what the hell do you guys want from me? Like, you don't like it when I'm drinking. You don't like it when I'm being the good girl going to church. Like, Mm. I don't know what to do here. And so that was one of the main reasons I left because I was like super trying to get my parents approval, especially at that age. Right. Yep. Um, And I didn't know what to do, but I, it was kind of sad because I had a good thing going there and like, I made a good group of friends. And then I all of a sudden just like bailed and left and like, nobody ever heard from me again. And it was really weird. And I mean, that's like, that's such a tough situation. Like, it's one thing to get bullied by like people that you would say are friends or peers, but like to go home and, and and, like, I don't know, maybe that's just a reflection of where they were at in their lives and they're like unhappy about things. And then like, I am not saying this is at all right, but like, they're just taking it out on you. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted to share that because I don't know oh, maybe for sure. people have experienced that or something. But yeah, um, another thing that we have in common that obviously I'm not going to go into too much details for your side, but we have lost people in our lives that we've really loved. Right. And so do you want to kind of talk about how like any sort of like prayer or just faith in general helped with your grief at that time? Sure. I, and I have no problem talking about this at all. So oh. Um, 
back in, okay, I'm trying to remember my years here. Uh, 2011, my mom, okay, so at first she had like knee surgery, I remember. Mm-hmm. And then she was recovering from that. And then all of a sudden, like health started to get a little wonky. So I remember she went to the doctor and then like, sure enough, it's cancer. So uh, she had B-cell lymphoma is what it's called. Uh, if, if you've never heard of that kind of cancer, neither had I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next summer, oh, it must have been 2010 into 2011, because the summer of 2011, she went through chemo. And then at the end of the summer, I remember them saying like, uh, the cancer's all gone. There was no need for radiation. I remember the doctor being super like positive, like you're going to beat this. Like, no problem. Like she was this, I think, I think her name was Dr. Harris. Uh, she was this very short little lady. And I just remember, I only met her a couple of times, but she was like the toughest person I've ever seen, like intimidated me and was like, just full on, like, almost like a uh, drill sergeant, like was like, yeah, you're going to get this chemo and then it's going to like beat the cancer and you're going to be healthy and boom, like it's going to be done. There's going to be plan one, plan two, plan three, done. Exactly. (laughs) So, so that happened. And I remember at the time for myself, I was, I was kind of like unaware of what was going on in the sense that like, I, I, maybe it was like some form of denial. I was just like, yeah, everything's gonna be good. Right. And so like, we kind of just like mom went through it. She lost her hair. She felt like shit for a lot of the time. And then like, it was done. Right. And then, so we used to always go to Fargo or Grand Forks for Black Friday. And I think we were like going to go, we might've ended up still going that year, that same year. So uh, 2011. Mm -hmm. And then she started feeling crappy again. I remember just before that. And, um, and, so like she went back to the doctor and then like sure enough the cancer had returned and like like for everyone listening I don't I don't know if if you know much about cancer but usually when cancer comes back it's it's coming back with a vengeance so um I remember as soon as we found that out it was kind of like oh this is a little bit more grim and I guess that was probably around the first time that I really had to like like conceive the idea that mom might eventually be gone which was kind of weird to me at the time I mean like duh um so then that next year uh 2012 she was going through chemo again in the summer I don't know why it was delayed so much but it was and uh I remember that summer I went on a road trip with a a good buddy of mine and we road tripped in his jeep all the way to uh Kamloops BC and I remember that was a very fun trip but I remember the the first night I think we stayed in uh medicine hat and then the second night we stayed in golden bc and i remember in golden bc we went out to some restaurant and i i just felt so homesick like i was just like and i felt guilty i was like why am i like gone while mom's at home sick like going through chemo and like not feeling well right and i'm just like out with my buddy and then i remember just kind of feeling like this sense of like no like mom would want you to have a like a fun time right like whether or not she is going to be there for a long time or whatever, she doesn't want me to like hold up my life to like make things less fun just because I feel like I should be there. And so I remember the rest of that trip having like such a good fun time. It was so awesome. And then I remember coming home and being like, so happy to see her obviously. And it's weird. I got into this, like I I was in university already at that time. So I remember 
I had this like weird routine where like every day I would come home and there she was on the couch. Right. And so it was like, you know, when you like start to develop these routines, like, especially in like COVID and stuff like the, you're like, Oh dang, I like coming home every day. And I like seeing mom there. Like it's, it's nice that she's there when I get home every day. And so, uh, she made it to, uh, I guess I won't go that far yet. Uh, uh, we got to October and I was working, a work term through school through co-op uh, at Wawanisa Insurance, and I remember getting a text uh, from her, and it was like the the doctor said my body's not responding to chemo anymore, and like the, I just remember sitting at my desk, and it was just like like what the hell, like yeah, like it, it was just like really like really, and so I remember that day just being so so weird, and then. And it was kind of like, then I really had to start thinking about like, oh yeah, she might not be here forever kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I remember we spent Christmas in the hospital that year. Um, and that year really kind of made me think about what the meaning of Christmas was and what Christmas meant to me. Because I've always loved like Christmas music, Christmas lights, Christmas movies, well, like happy, everything. Right? Right. Right. Like that's, that's my favorite stuff. I, and it's weird. Some people think that like Christians only care about the Jesus part of Christmas, which I totally do. That is important time, obviously, but like, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the, the, uh, commercial Christmas as bad as that is. Like, I, I love it. So, but that, that year was really like a, um, a reminder of, of what really meant what to me. Right. And, uh, and I remember there was this day, like right around Christmas that I, I decided to surprise her and okay, everybody shits on Arby's, but I grew up, we went to Arby's after church, like every Sunday for like most of my youth. And like, I love Arby's. And I remember I surprised my mom with Arby's, uh, this one day when she was in the hospital and I, I can't remember what the doctor had like, like she had found out something more like, I think it was like, it was really rapidly kind of eaten away at her. And I think it spread to her spine, but so she was having like a bad day. Like I remember she said, like, this was a re- like a really bad day until you showed up. Cause I had just like got this, I always get feelings about things and I kind of just like go with it. Like mm-hmm. saying yes to going on a podcast. I'm, you know, like part of me was like, no, don't do that. Like you're too shy for that. And like, what do you have to contribute to oh, a podcast? Yeah, right. <laughs> but so yeah I I just remember mom really like appreciating that surprise that day so um there was that and then in January on the 22nd uh 2013 she passed away um I would say there was like I, I I'm not one of those people that believes in predestination and I don't believe that like like, I guess I sort of believe everything happens for a reason in a certain sense. I believe when, when certain doors in your life close, other doors open. So, um, before, like before I was in that like work term, that second work term in school, I had to move out for four months to live in Altona for another work term. And I remember thinking like, there's no way I'm going to live on my own. Like, cause like I still live with my dad today and I was like there's no way that I survived that kind of thing and before that I had had a really bad semester with school and I had like failed a class and got a couple d's so I had to retake three classes and I feel like with those things that kind of set the groundwork a little bit it was kind of this reminder that it didn't really matter what I went through like 
I would be able to get through it. And then I would be able to look back and kind of see like how things changed. Right. So if I hadn't failed those classes, I wouldn't have got into a different stream in school. And then I wouldn't have gotten the job opportunities that I got. Right. And like, maybe I would have been out of town when mom was sick or something like, like Mm -hmm. certain other things could have happened. And it happened in a way where I was just like, I could look back and go, no, I learned things through this. And at the end of the day, I became a better person. So mm-hmm. um, in regards to when I finally lost mom, it was kind of like, so as a Christian, I feel like I have this advantage over people that don't believe in the sense that I believe one day when I die, I will see her again in heaven. Right. right? And right. I feel like that provides us like a great deal of comfort to Christians to know like one day you're going to see all those people that you have lost. So mm-hmm. it, there, I do like, I, I had that moment of like, wow, that's going to be a really long time from now. Like I was uh, 22 at that time. So like uh, to like, think like, Hey, if I live another like 50 to 70 years, like that's a long time before I get to see mom again. And, and I, I didn't really have like the big, like, big grief moment. I remember the last time I saw her, uh, it was the Sunday at the hospital. And I remember when I gave her a hug, like to say bye, it just made me like, I I could just physically feel her body was like nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that made me cry because it was just like, like she, like what I remember mom as she's now just like, like wit, like whittled away kind of thing. Yeah, seeing it and feeling it are very different. Yeah, right? yeah. it's it's so weird because like when you would talk to her, she was still pretty cognizant and like would have conversations and stuff. But like, yeah, giving her that last hug, it was like that didn't feel like a hug from my mom. That was like hugging some skeleton, right? Um, and I remember, I remember being at the funeral and all these people coming up to me and and like hugging me and they were crying because it was like like what, whether or not they like knew she was sick or not, I guess it was like, that was the realization for them. Whereas I guess I had already kind of come to terms with it. Cause I remember it was a Tuesday that she died on. And so my dad never phones me like oh. ever. <laughs> and, and so he phones me this one Tuesday at like eight in the morning. So like, I, I clearly should have known, but yeah. I remember I answered the phone and I was just like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> and he was like, well, mom, mom passed. Right. Yeah. And and I was like, I, I remember just sitting there going, oh. And I was like, should I go to school today? Right. And he's like, if you want to. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go. Because, like, finding out that she died didn't really, like, set me off in any sense. We we kind of, we had to, like, so that Sunday that I last saw her, it was kind of to go there to say goodbye. Um, one of our pastors suggested that we... Um, meet with her and kind of let her know that it's okay. Right. Cause like, that's one of the things, um, for people that are fighting, it's like, you know, they want to fight for the people that they love. Right. And, and I know she was tired and I know she was ready to go. So like, we had to go there and tell her like, you know, it's okay to, to stop fighting mom. Like, like yeah. we'll be, we'll be okay. Right. And so I remember that Tuesday I went to school and it, you know, the weirdest thing about that day I, I remember, I remember walking through like the halls to get to my classes in university. And I remember just thinking like, how many people am I walking by here that have like things like 
worse or like, or the same sort of bad going on in their life. Right. And it's like, you have no idea what people that you randomly pass by are going through. And it kind of like, I don't know, it didn't change my, my outlook on life, but it definitely added this like perspective of like, like nobody in this classroom knows that my mom just died. And like, nobody is aware that like, yeah, like things kind of suck right now, but I don't know. It, it was just weird that I, I was able to just like kind of continue on. It's so the, the things that make it harder for me, I would say it, it like, so I've got a girlfriend now and I, you know, I think about like, she never gets to meet mom. Right. And that yeah. like, that hurts a little bit because I know mom would have loved her. Mm-hmm. I know she would have loved mom and like, they could have baked together cause they both like baking mm-hmm. and like, mom was really artistic and so is my girlfriend and I feel like they could have bonded over that and then I think about one day when I have kids like they'll never get to meet grandma right like that's so weird to me Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh thank you for sharing all of that yeah sorry I really uh I really went there (laughs) that's okay that's really nice you know what it's just like I, I mean, I was blindsided when my friend died, right? So I don't know yep. what I would rather, if I'd rather like prepare and say goodbye. I don't know if I could handle that or just get a phone call like I did, right? But um, like, so you say that you have this just like relationship with Jesus or God, mm-hmm. right? And it's very like, kind of like one-on-one. So what is the hardest part about lockdown? Like, I guess for like the youth mm-hmm. group that you have, like they probably miss that community more than like, the relationship part right but you can have a relationship with Jesus and that could be anywhere like me sitting in my closet right here or wherever like like I just don't I kind of want to like transition to the part about like talking about this being closed and I'm not doing a very good job (laughs) no that's okay um so okay I'll preface by saying that I'm a pretty uh introverted person and I tell my girlfriend this all the time like I love her she is like the most important person in my life but I still recharge best when I'm on my own Mm -hmm. so I'll I'll say that um in terms of lockdown and in terms of quarantine I probably have a different outlook on it than a lot of people because like alone time for me like especially growing up as an only child and okay so like we live kind of out of the city uh just kind of by Lockport so um, growing up, I didn't like go to friends' houses like a lot because it would like, I always felt bad making like mom drive me or dad drive me or like whatever. Right. So I, I did spend like, a, like a lot of my free time when I wasn't in school at home. So I am kind of used to being a homebody in a lot of senses. So I would say like the hardest thing for me is for like, so when, when we were at like code red and you weren't allowed to see anyone outside of your household, that was really tough for me because I, I, you know, I guess I like to solve things when I can, if there's problems and I couldn't solve the problem of my girlfriend, not being able to see me. Now I'm not tooting my own horn and saying that I'm this amazing person. No. Because I, don't, I don't think I'm perfect in any way, but like, hearing how tough it was for her to not be able to see me and that that kills me because I'm like I can't do anything about this and and that's really tough and and yeah like um with with students like so these these kids just graduated from high school right so they didn't get to have their grad they um 
missed out on just like having that summer to celebrate. Hey, we just finished high school. Like that's awesome. Um, now they're starting, some of them are starting university or Bible college or wherever they're going. And like some of them were planning to go out of province or even out of the country. And that doesn't get to happen. And for those, like, I feel so, so strongly for the students that are starting out their post-secondary or whatever they're doing online. Like, I think if that was me, there's no way I would have survived. Like, uh, like I would say for students that have been in university for like a year or two, it, it's still going to be tough, but at least you have those kind of years to like go back to and you like, you know, the work ethic you have to have, but like, right. you don't even get the perks of like getting to be on campus and like, you're all on your own trying to figure out how to study. And then uh, we use the term like zoom fatigue. Cause it's like, you guys are on camera all day and like, you know what I mean? You never get a break. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Zoom is exhausting. So do you think that there's more people going to church now that it's mostly virtual? Do you think there's people out there that are like, okay, I'll attend this because now I have like more time or I'm don't like embarrassed to be going there for mm. my neighbor would make fun of me or something like. That's an interesting question. Um, I think on one hand it, it, uh, because you're kind of faceless, like, so, so with my church, we do it through YouTube. Uh, they stream it through YouTube and like, there is a comment section there, like where everyone can like, so they encourage us all to like say hi to each other. And some days I log into it. Some days I don't like, I, you just like, uh, put YouTube on through my TV, but like, I think there's that opportunity for people, you know, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling it today. I'm just going to take the week off. Like nobody's going to, no one is like really going to call you out on not being there kind of thing. And, uh, so there's like that side of things, but like, yeah, like you said, like, so for myself, um, I'm pretty big into like meal prepping. And so my routine was always kind of like, I'd go to church, I'd go grocery shopping, I'd like make my lunches for the week and then boom, the day was done. Right. And so now, cause I don't have to like drive to church and you know, I don't got to worry about like putting on nice clothes or whatever. Yeah. I just, I wake up, I usually go like throw my chicken in the oven or the instant pot or whatever I'm doing. And then usually by like the service that we have starts at 10 15, I'm like, okay, church is on perfect. Like I'm already done my chore for the day. We're good. Right. So, um, yeah, I do feel like it's like in, for some people, it's like easier to, to, to log on then. And like, and like you said, I didn't even thought of that. Like the, mm -hmm. the, the person that hasn't been going to church long or is super, super self-conscious about others judging them for doing that. Like, yeah, that provides this like alternative. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I didn't actually think of that until today. Mm -hmm. Actually, like through all of COVID, I probably could have been like attending <laughs> at least a service here or there, but it only occurred to me today because we were going to do this. And I was like, huh, I wonder if that's happening. I don't know how much longer you want to go for, but uh, I can get into sort of like how I feel about uh, lockdown and like as restrictions lift and stuff. So I kind of had this thought and it kind of hit me maybe uh, mid last year where... <sighs> I feel like as the restrictions lift or when they get to a certain point and I totally get it, we as people want to cling on to all of like every last inch that we're allowed to have, we want to cling to, right. To have that freedom to be able to get out of the house and stuff. And I feel like connecting at, uh, through a church online is way harder than it is in person. But um, 
I think, like, if I think about what Jesus would want, right? So I, um, I, 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 t- I took this one Bible verse, and it's it's very easy sometimes to to have an idea and take a Bible verse and apply it. So I'm I was okay. trying really hard not to do that, but but it may somehow come across that way. So I I found this verse. It's First uh, John three sixteen, not the John three sixteen that you're probably thinking it might be. <laughs> but uh, it says, so by this, we know love that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the, for the brothers. Sorry, that was a weird line split. Um, so I kind of think about like, like Jesus said, uh, you want to pick up your cross and follow me and to like, to give up your life is is to to earn it right or not to earn it but to to give up your life is like the for 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 him is like the ultimate thing that you could do and and don't misinterpret that as like i'm saying he wants us to like like kill ourselves, kill ourselves. yeah yeah <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of meaning it more like if you live in a place where you are condemned for being a christian like you should consider it and this sounds so weird, but consider it like an honor to be able to do that, to like, to be that strong in your faith that you're willing to die for it. Ah. So, so, okay. And I feel like people can interpret this in two ways where they may, may interpret that, that as like, I don't have to wear a mask because God will save me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I have another verse here that it says, uh, it's Matthew four, verse seven. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord, your God to the test. And I feel like people that are saying, I don't have to wear a mask. God will protect me. They are trying to test God. And that is not what you're supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be loving to other people and we are to be like good shepherds to our neighbors. And so, uh, getting back to my first thought, like, I I sometimes think that yes we want to go the easy route of like going back to church in person because that's you know you get to see your friends you get to see your family uh like being there in person is easier to keep yourself accountable right and I feel like maybe this is a point like I feel convicted as a Christian that this is a point in my life where I'm supposed to take the harder road I think the harder road right now is for me to not go to church just because it's okay um and I know there's like lots of stuff with like, you don't have to wear masks when you're in the pews and stuff like that. And I do not agree with that at all. Um, yeah, I think. Sorry to interrupt, but like, that's how I feel too about the whole community thing. Like everyone misses everybody, whether it's me at dance class or totally. the little kid down the street who misses his soccer team or anything. Right. But if yep. at the end of the day, you're going to like build your relationship with Jesus, like I said before, like you can do that from anywhere. Right. Totally. I don't understand why you have to be inside the church. And, and that's a big thing too. So in the Bible, it talks about church. It's not talking about the physical building. It, uh, the, the church is the body of believers. So the church is everywhere. If you are a believer and church right. can be anywhere. Right. So when that's I meet with thought. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad that you have that perspective. I'm not that I need people to agree with me, but it's no. like, it, it makes you happier when people kind of, you're like, I believe something and somebody else believes that same thing too. Cause it's like, okay, so I'm not crazy in thinking this. Like, well, and when I stopped going to church, it wasn't like this horrible thing because I was like, whatever, I'll just do it. I'll like pray in my bedroom. Like it didn't yep. matter to me at that point. Right. It was shitty to miss out on like my seeing my new friends. But I was like, at the end of the day, if I want to like do this thing, I can do it from wherever. So 
if my parents are going to make fun of me for going, then I just won't go. I can still do whatever I want in like the privacy of my room. Right. Yep. And like, so I guess the one thing that I would caution is to not think that you can do it all alone. Like, Hmm, like you mentioned, like, like praying in your bedroom, that's, that's fine and dandy. Like, I think, um, he, he does want us to be connected with other Christians. Like, like, I think the acknowledgement that we can't do this alone and like, A, we need Jesus, but like, you also need other Christians. You need other Christians to keep you accountable and to be able to like talk about issues you're going through. Cause like, I can talk to my non-Christian friends about things that I'm going through. And I, I do that often and I value all the words that they give me of advice or just like comfort. But like, there's something to be said like if you believe in this Jesus fellow and you have friends or family or whoever that also believe in him they kind of like give you that reassurance and it's like yes yeah like I didn't mean I didn't mean like oh I can do this by myself maybe I said that wrong but like for sure with with COVID like and there's just been so much drama around the church opening and sky back oh, yes. other places. You know what I mean? So I was just kind of like, yeah, we all miss each other, but like, yep. we'll have to stay home. I don't know. That's kind of where I was going. And I, I totally agree on that too, because like, like you were saying about like y- you missing people from dance and there's like all sorts of other activities and things that people do where they're missing the people that they're a part of the communities with. Yeah. And like, it's so I almost hate that like religious things get this like clause of they don't have to follow the same rules because I don't know, like, you know, and it's like, that's not fair to other communities. And that like, I feel like that doesn't look good upon us as Christians because yeah. 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 I know, but it's not, it's not all of you. It can't be just a blanket statement just because it's true. Bad eggs. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like, we're on the right track and things are moving in the right direction and hopefully yep. we don't have a wave three. So <laughs> I hope you get back to doing everything and that even though Easter might be small or not that grand, at least you have a good Easter and everything. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting and opening it. You opened up so much and I really appreciate it. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I didn't let you talk as much. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I liked listening. You were, you were great. No, it was, it was an honor to be the, the first male um, uh, interviewee and uh, <laughs> it's, it's very cool to be on here and uh, yeah, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Before <laughs> I was dying laughing about the Arby's thing because everybody shits on Arby's. And I, yes. I, I can't like, stand that. Oh my God. Mom's dying, but at least she got her Arby. That's right. I brought her Olive Garden a couple times too. Dad did uh, quite often. She loved Olive Garden too. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I find that so funny. I had to make fun of that. <laughs>